in the biggest game of the season. And Simon Torota and Schalke are heading back to the big time. Promotion secured. They are back to the promised land. Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo Leute, willkommen zum das einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. Welcome to Episode 158 of Shark America. I'm your host of the promoted Schalke Null Fear, Richard Carmen. Joining me as always on this victory, nope, promotion podcast Monday, Jack Mangan. Cheers. Champagne is pop, sir. Ah, uh, yes, sir. The most important it. victory Monday of them all. <laughs> uh, we did it. Um, wild weekend, wild game. Uh, despite yeah. a Bundesliga continues uh, to live up to the billing this season. Darmstadt uh, sort of unexpectedly dropping points to Dusseldorf um, on Friday, conceding what, like two goals in the first 10 minutes of that match, then ultimately yeah. unable to pull it back. Yeah. Um, and so that meant that when you and I hopped on the live stream on Saturday, uh, a win and we were we were in officially locked up. And so that's kind of what we were facing going into it. Stakes were raised. Um, opportunity to lock it up in front of the home fans. And, it, uh, man, to have been in the stadium this weekend, uh, I, I mean, I can't even imagine it. I'm very jealous for when that was over there. Aufsteiger Montag. Yep. It's uh, promotion Monday here. Uh, yeah, what a crazy weekend. I mean, like, we knew we, two games left. It was going to come down to Nuremberg. We thought we knew, we thought this was going to happen. Like you said, that shock defeat. Because we said, we looked at the schedule for Darmstadt and Werder Bremen. We're like, man, that's an easy schedule. They should be able to get those two wins easily. We got to struggle here with the two pretty good opponents. And then, boom, Darmstadt lose out of nowhere. Uh, Med Hunter in the house. Good to see you. Good to see you on the live stream as well. Um, and, yeah, so it was a crazy result. And then we said, you know, win and we're in. And that puts a little bit more pressure on the team too. We we said, you know, before the game kicked off that, like, we need to kick hit the game running. We're, like you said, we're top of the table. We really need to put the foot down and 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 take control of this game. Um, and the game had roller coasters for sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, ultimately we get promoted, Jack. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's up there. It's up there with the four, four against Dortmund, uh, a number of years ago yeah. in terms yeah. of, you know, dramatic comebacks. Um, yeah, I still can't, I mean, I still can't really, but this is, this is going to be a low analysis, high vibes podcast. I think we're just, we're just celebrating. I, Nobody I cares. can't believe <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I still can't believe that, you know, this happened exactly the way it ultimately played out. Um, yeah. And it's so great to not have to go into the final week of the season, you know, with that hanging over our heads and having that anxiety, you know, during the final 90 minutes. I cannot oh. tell you how thankful I am that we locked this up a week early. Um, yeah, and, and just the same thing as always. I mean, credit to the team for the character that they showed. Um, not the first time they've come out in the second half and looked significantly better um, in recent matches. Um, and just, I mean, you saw, you saw Tarada break down in tears, Yeah, you know, instead of the pitch almost immediately afterwards to see how much it meant to a lot of players. Once again, who were either lone players or maybe haven't had longstanding ties with Schalke, um, was great to see, uh, just really emotional. Um, I mean, the celebrations were happening obviously before the game was even over. Of course, when the third goal went in, you saw, I think Trilinov, you know, hug, uh, hug Buyo and like tackle on the sideline. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, on the it was pitch. yeah, pretty, pretty incredible scenes. It, it, it was uh unreal unreal for sure and this is totally gonna be a vibes boss vibes podcast 
Um, it's funny because we kept cracking beers, and every time we cracked beers, Chaka would score. So I was like, oh, let's just keep going, keep going. Um, game was nuts. Uh, lineup in this one, I was worried about putting that blue shirt on Vinheim and thought it was going to jinx us, you know, before the before the game started. Uh, but I did it. Um, and then look at the lineup in this one: back four, Vinheim with uh, Oyan on the wings, with Kaminsky, Takura, Flick, Lazzo, which kind of figured, and then Chirlinov, Bulter, and Drexler, and Toro. It was actually like a four-two-two-two. Um, interesting lineup in this one. I mean, pretty standard, honestly. I thought it was a safe and right play to do. I mean, were you surprised about anything on this? Not particularly. I'm trying to remember what the differences were from last week. I think Oyan coming back in right because trying to yes. had yes. to start a couple times, so that was a big one, but not one that anyone's going to be upset about because it's Oyan. Yep. Um, Vinheim getting the look again, um, and he had not done particularly well. I felt like kind of since reemerging into the side recently. Yeah. Uh, and then that yeah that lots of flick partnership centrally. Um, seen iterations of that recently, and then Drex there was the big call. I think. Um, Excuse me, not not starting Zalatar. Uh, you know, you're going with uh, I think a slightly less offensive option. Um, and I, I I didn't hate that honestly. You and I, I think we we're talking on the live stream, and I said like you know this is a St. Paul team that I think kind of was very organized and, and uh, played more physically than we did the first time around. Um, and so I, I personally I didn't mind having you know more of sort of like the uh, the dirty work Drexler presence in there, and then bring on Salazar with fresh legs potentially in the second half. Um, and that's ultimately the way it played out and it worked to perfection. But like, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think the other thing we said at the time was just like, you know, it, there might be small things that you could quibble with. But overall, the depth in the squad is such that most of the iterations of the starting 11 that you could see, we're not going to be particularly upset about anything. Like I said, yeah. even the Drexler thing, you're like, I'm, I'm kind of OK with that. See how it plays out. You can always bring Salazar in. Um, yeah. You know, I think all these guys have sort of built up enough trust over the course of the year where you, um, you know, believe they can do a job for you when called upon. Yeah. And then the thing to boot it all really was, uh, you know, the lineup was pretty straightforward, but St. Pauli, they had suffered like 10 guys who had COVID um, and several of the starters had was affected as well. Berkshire was out of the lineup in this one. And so we're like, we weren't sure what they're going to have. We knew that they're going to fight, but you know, we were, we we're still worried about it. Um, Smarsh, Irvin, Aramo, Befus, uh, Kira, who's a big, big danger man for them, even when all their guys are there. Uh, Pacaradas have been decent against us. Matanovic is another guy you, you have to worry about. Um, so it wasn't like this was a cakewalk of a game. Um, they were always going to be competitive. Kudos to St. Pauli for not you know, saying, hey, let's delay this game. Let's wait till our guys come back. They said, let's just, let's just do it. Uh, and I think their loss last week had a lot to do with it. And so, yeah, this team uh, came out swinging and I don't know that we were we were prepared for them, but it was just like a shock to the system the way they came out in this game. You know, it was a strange start to the match for sure. Um, I felt as though the first 20, 25 minutes of that match was largely one-way traffic with Schalke looking like much the better team, um, creating the better chances or at least sort of the better like half chances that looked like they could come undo, you know, sort of full opportunities. Um, and two goals kind of against the run of play, you'd have to say, um, you know, well finished, well taken, but um, sloppy goals that came from either, you know, Schalke mistakes or just sort of broken plays, not like sort of, you know, a nice clean move from them where they uh, really broke us down in any significant way. Um, and yeah, just absolute gut punches, like you said, I mean, like. It's it's not I don't, yeah I don't think it's a question of like preparedness I feel like I, I I do think we were the better team and we looked relatively comfortable and we just got punched in the mouth a little bit so um I mean that first one oh my gosh yeah, yeah I mean it's a ball that comes in from the left hand side you could argue that Vinheim maybe should have done better on that sequence a couple times um you know not blocking the cross and you know getting beat 
in you know a couple times, but the ball goes in the center box, bounces out, and you know it's it's taken through three or four Schalke players at not particularly high speed, kind of across goal, and it finds the corner somehow. I think you know Frazel may have been slightly unsighted or you know yeah. wasn't expecting it, and um, yeah, it's it's not a goal that you can look at and be like, wow, that's that's atrocious defending from Schalke or like what a great sequence from from St. Paul, just one of those things that sometimes happens in football matches where, you know, a ball gets played in, bounces the wrong way. And, you know, sometimes these things happen, they can go in. And it's funny because even before that even happened, 30 seconds into the game, the leading goal scorer of the league gets a breakaway against their goalkeeper and somehow mind boggling misses the goal. And we're like, okay, well, one, it's good that he had had an opportunity right off the bat, but is that a sign to come? And then all of a sudden Matanovic scores, you know, a few minutes later, we're like, okay, one nothing. Okay, let's wake up here. Um, we were very much still in control, I think. You know, that was their first shot in the game, I think, and they scored a goal. Uh, but then, what are you, like 10 minutes later, Matanovic scores again. This time, a, a bad error by Frazel. Uh, lends up to quick passing. I think Irvin got, maybe got the last uh, – or got the assist on the goal. But Matanovic puts it away, and all of a sudden, it's 2 nothing. You're like, oh, here we go. Come on, what's going on? But you said it on the stream. We still got yeah. – inside 20 minutes we still got tons of time to go yeah absolutely but the other thing that we talked about on the stream which was that you and i were kind of prescient in that because very recently on previous podcasts we were talking about frazzle specifically and said listen these last couple games we don't need him to be spectacular we don't need him to you know come up with anything crazy we just need him to be a solid reliable goalkeeper as anonymous as possible and just not make mistakes and wouldn't you know it you know just an absolute hospital pass um, you know, out of his back that uh, gets picked up and Kaminsky should have done better Yeah, defensively. Um, Matanovic beats him, I think, a little bit too easily, gets him going the wrong way a couple times. But ultimately, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a poor giveaway from Frazzle. And so, yeah, to be down 2-0, once again, against the run of play from two kind of silly plays or mistakes is an absolute gut punch. Thank you for reminding me about the Torada chance because I forgot about that for yeah. a minute. I mean, that was inside of a minute, one-on-one with the keeper and he can't finish it. Um, ultimately made up for it, but... Uh, Bit. Yeah, uh, about as disastrous of a start as you could have expected. But the only good news was, as you said, inside 20 minutes, we had been the better team, plenty of time remaining in the game. Whether or not we really, really believed that deep down is one thing, but those <laughs> certainly were, you know, the facts at the time. And that's what you kind of had to hold on to. Well, it's interesting, you know, that comment made by Doug says, first, I shout out to the chat. Chat's lively tonight. We love it. Uh, Shaka Canada's in the house. Brazil, everyone, everyone's in the house tonight. It's great. Uh, Med Hunter was at the game, said he didn't take the turf with him, even though he was on the pitch. But Doug says, you know, this is a team that can go down 2 nothing and actually not give up. In the past, we give up a goal, the floodgates would open and it would be over from there. But this is a different built team. Uh, you mentioned that comment about Frazzo that we talked about pregame. And we also talked about is that lately we've been getting off the slow starts and we don't want to give up a goal early because that could really impact us negatively in this game. Uh, didn't impact us negatively, but it was a shock to system two goals against a fairly decent team in, in St. Pauli. Um, I think like a minute after their goal, their second goal, Itakura scores off a corner kick, and we're excited. They pull it back, a handball. I mean, you mentioned on the air, it was like, that's a weak call because, it, I mean, he had his hand hit, his hand hit it down. Didn't really affect the goal because he was scoring anyway. It was right on the goal line. But, man, that that felt like everything was going against us. We heard it missed breakaway, two goals, and then we missed the, the goal taken away. It's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, um, the Itakura chance, I mean, it's poor defending. It felt like a gift at the time because, you know, he he's relatively unmarked and gets it, you know, kind of point blank. Um, and 
you don't want to be too harsh on Ida Curry either, but that it's kind of a mistake too. Like he should have done better there and not kind of glanced the header into his own hand and put it away. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just it, they can, it continued to kind of pile up, you know, the Toronto miss, uh, you know, the disallowed goal for, for Ida Curry, uh, you know, the two chances at the other end, um, you know, right when it kind of looked like it was all in our hands and we can control our destiny as we've been saying. And we were <laughs> almost looking like we were intentionally trying to, uh, trying to make sure it was going to the final week of the season. You're on mute, sir. It has to be Thanks. one of us. Every podcast, it has to be one of us. Tradition. It's yeah. tradition. It's a victory minute podcast. That's fine. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, if we Absolutely. lost, it'd be different. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, going into halftime down 2 nothing, we had some thoughts about some of the guys who were probably performing to their best standard. We thought Sherlinoff um, was still someone you want to keep on the pitch, but Drex was a little quiet in this game. Vinheim was a little quiet. Uh, I think lots of had a yellow at this point, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so some guys were like, uh, you know, maybe we should make some substitutions here at halftime. No matter what, we knew that, you know, down to nothing, we were still in a pretty good position. We had at that point something like 17 shots on goal, 16 shots on goal, um, clearly dominating statistically, just not scoring goals. And we knew if we kept that pressure up, if we got one, more would come. And all we were asking for at that point, uh, one was Buskins or somebody to yell at the team at halftime, but two, get an early goal to start the half. And we luckily did with a a penalty kick to to begin the f- first minute of the, of the second half. Um, another unreal start to a game. I mean, first half started crazy. Second half started crazy. Uh, thoughts on halftime and then coming out of the out of the gates uh, with a penalty right away. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, it must have been you know that the team talk of the century um, there with that kind of much on the line. Um, I, I don't think I would want to be in the position of the coach <laughs> in that situation and have to be the one to deliver that. That's a tough spot to be in, but um, yeah, it's everything we said. It's that I, I legitimately believe once again, I mean, 25th minute onward, it became a much more even game. St. Paul was able to bog things down and keep it from kind of going end to end for a while. Um, and that really limited, uh, you know, the flow and the pace and everything. Um, but prior to that, I, I do feel that we were the better team. You look at who we have on the bench at halftime, you still have a Peeringer on there. You still have um, an Iden, a Blendy, a Dreezy, a Salazar, um, a Chananoglu, a Paulson. There's there's players on there that you're familiar with. There's players on there that are you know bright, offensively minded. Uh, a lot of options to go to um, over the course of the second 45 and people that can make an impact. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a tough message to send, but it really was kind of a case of like, okay, if we can play a very similar half to that, minus the stupid mistakes hmm. there's every chance we could score two or three goals playing the exact same way like I, I really do think that in possession and on the offensive and we weren't terrible um in the first half now whether or not the team buys into that and whether or not you can replicate that in the second half is a different question but yeah. um yeah it was just definitely a strange vibe for that reason it was like this is a bad situation to be in but i don't know exactly how we got here and i don't exactly know what i would change either because i, I thought that it was actually going okay yeah, and I, one of the first substitutions we had in the second half after that goal was um, Iden came on for Vinheim. We were kind of calling for that. That's we were like, oh hey, Iden, we perfect in the situation, especially Vinheim. We thought he should be on a uh, short leash just because the last couple of weeks he'd been performing not that great. And so we said, hey, you know, Iden's there. He he tends to have good games from now and then, so we might as well put him in there and see what he can do. Um, Doug says, yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of awesome videos at, at the at the at the thing there, but. Um, yeah, no, we started getting some, some momentum going. We got another, we got a goal, not too short. I think just before our second goal, got a goal, got pulled back offsides. Correct call. It sucked that you know we got that, but that's the second goal we had taken away from us. Both correct. Um, but then you know the second goal did come, and 
it was a lovely assist. Ball came over to top. Kaminsky, we've been talking about him, how his passing ability this year has been ridiculous. Yeah. Defending has been solid, but passing-wise, he's really been on another level. And beautiful over the top to Chirlinov, who heads it back across goal. And Toroda right there between the goalkeeper's legs. 2-2, and we're like, all right, game on. We got 30 minutes to go, whatever it was. Perfect time to score a goal. Uh, huge, 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 huge time to score. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the very first games of the season, Kaminsky plays a diagonal to sort of the right side of the box. It gets, once yes. again, played right across for Toronto. It's a very similar goal um, to the one that we ultimately scored. And Shurlinov, I think, minutes before that, maybe once or twice in the, in the couple minutes before that, had made a similar run trying to get in behind off that right shoulder. Um, and we were looking for it, too. So uh, to see him, I mean, they, they clearly found something. Maybe he just noticed it in the moment they could exploit. Um, Toronto is where you expect him to be which is in a position to score goals when needed. Um, you know, it's a good ball from Kaminsky. It's a, it's a, not the cleanest effort to get it across from Trelinov. He kind of hits it, I think, a little bit higher and softer than he would have anticipated. But, you know, he gets it directionally correct. And luckily, there's enough space for Toronto to kind of wait to take it down and ultimately hits it through the goalkeeper's legs, puts it away. And, you know, despite his miss in the first minute of uh, the match, uh, I think at this point, what, with inside like 75 minutes or so, he's yeah. he's got a brace already. So yeah. um, great turnaround from him, great turnaround from the team. And at that point, I think the momentum was pretty firmly uh, with us. Uh, San Pauli, there started to be some sort of like weird, weird moments of communication between them on the pitch where like players were like directing each other and like yeah, you know, the activity yeah. levels were kind of dropped. You could tell that like, you know, it, they sensed that this was about to go the wrong way, you know, with the home crowd behind them. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And uh, uh, Renee has a, the name of the podcast we should have done was uh, Nima Svaita Liga, no more second division. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a, uh, that momentum was certainly changing. I mean, it was already kind of in our favor, but I mean, the goal started coming in. Um, that's what I was in the 71st minute. Um, and then uh, big moment of the game, Bolter comes down marauding down the pitch. Uh, he looked for, he looked for, look, like he was going for Toroda, but I ended up on the back door. Find Salats are wide open. A guy who we thought was gonna make a big impact coming onto the pitch. We were screaming for him to come on um, off the crossbar. And what a fantastic goal by Rodrigo Salazar. Three, uh, two at that point, I knew it was over, but I mean, you were like 13 minutes to go. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Uh, but what a crazy goal that was. I mean, what a momentum swing in that game from being down 0-2 to up to 3-2 with the promotion in our sights. Uh, it was just unreal moment. Yeah, crazy. And honestly, class from all three Shaka players who were involved uh, on that sequence. And also credit to, I think it was Donnie Lotso who actually picked up that ball, maybe got the interception to kind of launch that counterattack. But um, he plays it to Tirada, who just a nice quick touch deftly into the, into the path of Bolter, like, you know, in stride and then Toronto spins back off of it to make the run. Um, you know, Salazar's chugging in space on the left-hand side, kind of trailing this play and Toronto, once again, very smartly runs kind of diagonally, right. To kind of yeah. pull the defenders away from the space where Salazar is going to be running into uh, credit to Bolter, who we sometimes criticize for being a little bit shoot first or, you know, likes to dribble into the box and then do, you know, couple back and forth with himself before he makes a decision but he somehow either heard the shout of Salazar or you know saw him peripherally um and picked that out and played that through traffic and um I mean man Salazar goes bar down got me a little bit nervous for a minute that he was oh gonna sky gosh, over yes. but you know you know he, come he, back he, out. he had time he stopped he collected himself picked his spot you know went back to the left of the keeper um or I mean so the keeper's right his you know Salazar yeah. going to the left side of the goal and um I mean, what a moment. Great finish, uh, you know, to complete that comeback. 2-0 down at halftime, 3-2 up, you know, with plenty of time to spare before the end of the match. It wasn't even like we were doing it, you know, in the 90th minute stoppage no, time like it was in the Dortmund game. Yeah, I mean, it was such a quick turnaround in the second half. 
um incredible incredible yeah and and you, know, you can see it on the screen that the, the reno is exploding renee is saying that the reno exploding he was there as were many people who are uh, many of our friends and so uh, yeah, unreal game, and you know we we held on. I mean, they did get get two reds at the end of the game there, but um, yeah, I mean we 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 hung on. And we didn't make it look pretty at all. We did we hit typical Shaka, I guess, where it made you know made it interesting no matter what. And um, three two win. You look at the statistics. I mean, we we significantly outshot them. We we were putting all the pressure, and we just couldn't get the goals in until the second half. Um, shots on target, same thing. Ten shots on target. I think that might be a, the season high for us. I mean, we. Once we smell blood in the water, we really went for it. And, um, yeah, it saves us now. You know, the last weekend we can kind of relax. Um, who asked the question there? Uh, Reggie says, uh, the game at Nuremberg, well, it's going to be harder or easier now, now that they're officially out of the race for promotion. I don't know. I think I think it's going to be easier. Nuremberg's going to be easier than they have been. They have been the hottest team in the league. But who's to say? I mean, we one, we, should, we still have the league title until we could possibly win. Yeah, exactly. But do I, we I, want it? Yeah, I, th I think it depends on how we approach it. Um, I find it hard to believe that we won't try to go and get the title. I mean, it's there. You might as yeah. well try to go win a win a title and add that to the promotion. Give it a half. Um, but it's also entirely possible that Schalke takes the opportunity to just play a bunch of youth kids. Yes. Um, and say, thought. hey, you know, we have what we need from this. We don't care if we finish second. Let's give you know some other guys or more peripheral players an opportunity. And, you know, maybe get some evaluations in. Um, who knows? I'd like to think, yeah, it's going to be an easier game though. And once again, just from the beginning, I'm so thankful that this is locked up and, and taken care of before we go into the final match. Cause you know, Nuremberg, our friends, you know, potentially, uh, you know, finding the winner against us to keep us down or something would be, uh, you know, especially, oh. especially devastating. So yeah, yeah, fan yeah. fantastic. Uh, it's, it's seven of our last eight. Is that what it was? Something yeah. like that yeah. after yeah. after the yeah. change. I mean, like it didn't it didn't look like we were gonna be here and we somehow somehow rattled them off and, and, and got it done. Uh we've been conditioned to not expect that, I feel like, over the last couple of seasons. And <laughs> the team defied expectations and just ground these things out. So credit yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's gonna be interesting to see. Like I said, I I think they're gonna lean towards the youngsters, but why not give it a half and see if they can, you know, if they got a couple goal lead or one goal lead, you know, then you can bring some youngsters on. But I do think we're going to see a bunch of youngsters in the game um, at some point or not, but uh, yeah, why not win a why not win a league title? It'll be our first one in what a decade, I think it is. And Renee saying in the chat, this is the first time since 2011 that we come back from two nothing down. So um, unreal, unreal stuff going on. The chat's really going crazy now, which is awesome. Um, and Mike says, uh, next season are we going to win the league or only top four? I don't know about that, but some great news for us, whether you want to talk about them or not. But uh, Erling Halong, he looks like he's going to Man City. He's going to be out of our crosshairs at least, so I don't have to worry about him at least next season. But uh, I don't know. It would be amazing if we made top four. I don't know if we're going to beat Byron anytime soon or anybody's going to beat Byron anytime soon, but you never know, right? No one thought we were going to come right back up, or did they, Jack? It was a difficult league that we had to come through. So if we can get through this, fight the Liga. Maybe we can get through to the Bundesliga. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to win the league. All I know is that Dortmund certainly aren't, so uh there's that that's going to be screen capped if they end up doing that oh my god back and find this in that episode yeah no, uh, yeah no i mean next episode next week when we're you know after the nuremberg game we'll kind of look ahead to yeah um a lot of the things in terms of the squad what we what we feel like is on the table for us 
um in the in the top division but yeah to 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 cut the stint down in just the one season especially with the financial turmoil that's been going on uh is is clutch and uh a lot of credit has to go out to a lot of the people organizationally for getting us uh back on sort of a solid footing here and giving us the platform to go off and uh, have the campaign that we did absolutely 100 percent uh i mean we'll we'll get into the next podcast but i mean there's so many pivotal players or people in the, in this season that, you know, resulted in us moving up. Um, controversial question here, player of the game. Uh, Medhunter says Sherlinoff for him. How about you, Jack? It's difficult. You know, I actually hadn't thought about this just because care. I was just so pleased with the whole team performance and everything that like, it, I hadn't actually given this much thought. I think Chernoff is a great shout. Um, I think Tirada, obviously with two goals um, and with his, general involvement um yeah probably not anybody at the back particularly that i can think of yeah. um yeah i'd say probably like trolling off salazar or tarada probably yeah that's a good shout that's a good I, named, shout. I named you know i named a third of the team there but whatever uh, <laughs> uh and i would also give a shout out to bolter i think he was one of the livelier people in the first half for sure uh obviously got the assist on the on the game winner there um so he had a pretty decent game so yeah anyone any one of those guys i think is a, is a great shout yeah, that's fair. I forgot about that. Especially, yeah, especially that first twenty-five in the first half. He was on the end of a couple of things and got a couple of shots away that uh, were pretty close. So that's a good, yeah, it's a good shot. We're going to talk Ramotzi's here in a second, but uh, I want to get to his comment. There was so there, we we thought there was going to be an invasion of the pitch if we won. There was, uh, and as as sometimes happens, you know these things with a rush of people going, it's hard to control things. Uh, and as as Casta Flock of Flame says, you know, sadly someone fell from the stands after the game, suffered a cerebral hemorrhage, and there's a lot of people that were injured and stuff. No one no one passed away luckily, but it, you know, those kind of times I've been in those kind of pitch invasions before. Um, and, and it, it, you're at the whim of, of the other people, right? It's just when bodies start moving, it's hard to control that. But it was a, it was a joyous time out there. I'm like the players were out there uh, having fun, crying, like like you mentioned, Toronto and a bunch of other guys. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it was a crazy, crazy ending to a crazy season. Um, yeah, we if we win the title, that'd be great. I think it's a good way to end the season. But, you know, yeah. Uh, We'll see what happens uh, this next weekend. I mean, we're we're promoted, so that's the ultimate goal is there. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's just a crazy roller coaster of a crazy crazy game for a crazy season. I mean, that's a fight to Liga for you right there. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen like an article or anything with a full accounting of what the injuries were from that event. But actually, yeah, Ethan Tedesco time had had sent me something that mentioned that there was some stuff happening after the game, people getting injured, which is. Um, unfortunate that the celebrations had to be marred by some of that but um i hope uh you know the people that were injured are able to recover fully um and i mean you give me when, when people are rushing rushing the field that kind of thing these things can always happen so yeah. uh unfortunate but uh i mean yeah just just the arc dude the arc of this club over the past couple of years i mean just in the time that you and i have been doing this podcast together and we've gone from you know champions league away nights you know at, at manchester city at the etihad um, you know, runners up in in the Bundesliga uh, to uh, you know fighting relegation to ultimately getting relegated, and then yeah. um, an absolute crazy fight at Bundesliga season with different teams at you know at the top of the table throughout different parts of the season, um, a late season managerial change, a crazy run, and ultimately promotion earlier than we need it. Uh, just couldn't have written it and uh just kind of grateful to be here and uh enjoy the ride like i said so many times over the last few weeks it's just been fun to watch this team again yeah. um yeah. and that that's something we haven't been able to say as much recently in the past couple of years with shock squads this was just a fun team to watch and uh, kind of 
gets you back in tune with, you know, what kind of draws us all into being fans in the first place. Um, and sometimes when you're have just bad result after bad results, you can kind of cycle on itself and get kind of down, but it's been great to kind of reconnect with the joy that, you know, being a fan of a club can, can bring you on occasion. And hopefully we have more days like this, uh, in the near future. Um, Two, pl- two players made the players of the week. Uh, Toroto, obviously, with his two goals. And, Th- and Thomas Oyan, back in the starting lineup, back into the team of the week. Uh, decent be- decent game. It wasn't like his you know, stand-up performances in the first half of the season, but it was um, it was good to see him back out there, and he certainly contributed. He was certainly everywhere, especially in the corner kicks and, and some of his crosses. So it was good to see him back out there and, and getting kudos for uh, a good game. I wish you could put you know all players up there, but you can't, alas. And Toroto deserved two goals, right? Yeah, it was good to see him back in the starting lineup. Uh, China Noglu, as we said, have done a pretty good, admirable job filling in for him. But, you know, if uh, if Oweon is fully fit where he can put in a full 90 or even the majority of the 90, uh, particularly in a big game like this, he's going to be first choice and and obviously rightfully so. So, um, and great, you know, if you, if you said if you got team of the week or something good for him, I didn't think it was a particularly, um, you know, phenomenal performance from Oweon or whatever, but solid yeah. as many of the guys in the squad were and um, certainly a big contributor uh, over the course of the entire season and, and um, you know, especially in that early part of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not, I'm not going to make any comments about Frazzle tonight. He did have that huge save in the game when it was 2-2. Where, I mean, it was hit at him, but it was a big save at that moment. Um, you know, some of the guys are in, in the chat talking about, well, the big elephant in the room is who's going to be the coach next year, right? Uh, we knew that Buskins is not going to be there back next year in terms of head coach. He'll still be on the team as one of the assistant coaches. Um, Schroeder made that made that clear a couple weeks ago, or just before the uh, Verde Bremen match. Uh, and it just we just heard also that Gerald Asamo is going to be back next season as well as the assistant coach. So we don't know who the next coach is going to be. Um, I mentioned Gramotzi's. Uh, for those who didn't know in the chat, his contract's been extended next year. So uh, welcome back. No, no, he's not coming back, guys. Relax, relax. There's a clause in Gramotzi's contract that his contract expires in June. And it, had we get promoted like we did, it automatically gets a, a trigger for another season. So he's technically on the books again for next season, but he won't be coming back. So relax. But technically, we are still paying him. Uh, but I guess it's money we're spent if we're going to be if we got promoted. So uh, I'll take it all day. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be Schalke if we didn't have three to four coaches on the books at any one time. That's just kind of how we do things with the yeah. uh, with the managerial yeah. churn that we typically experience. But um, uh, you know. Uh, not ideal financially or whatever the situation is having to, you know, extend and pay out that contract, whatever the, whatever the, you know, the, the provisions of it are. But um, I think, I think that's a price that we're all happily pay uh, given why it's being triggered and what the context is, which is that we're back in the top division and uh, no one can tell me anything right now. <laughs> no one can say anything to me. Um, I, uh, who did, I wanted to bring up something. Um, I don't, I something with the, Oh, Grimosis. Okay. Uh, so, he did, you know, he ended up fire, get fired. We went on a seven seven wins out of eight games at the end there. You know, obviously he's going to be one of the scapegoats. Had we not got promoted, uh, Renee mentioned a comment. I think he said that, you know, had we got rid of him in March, we would have probably made promotion a long time ago. Um, but I asked the question, Devil's Advocate here, uh, does he deserve more credit, credit than he's been given? Because the team ha- did change underneath him. Obviously, we're in the second division now. we got different players, you know, thanks to Schroeder. But should should we be giving a little bit credit to Gramozis this season after you know what we had last year? I think the, is the question how much credit we've given him or the kind of credit he's getting generally? Because honestly, I'm not even entirely sure how much credit he's getting from the general fan base. I think I think what we've said on this podcast fairly consistently is that you know he came in in a very tough position. Yeah. Um, did you know reasonably? 
decent job, did did fine. Uh, but there there weren't that many points throughout, you know, the the first part of the season uh, where we felt particularly it was inspired lucky, lucky a little bit. Yeah, we, we, I don't know. I just I just didn't ever think that the confidence was there. Uh, we were we never really fully gave him, I think, our full kind of backing because we just didn't didn't know what we were seeing. Um, I didn't expect if a change was going to be made. I didn't expect it to be made as late in the season as it ultimately was, which is why I give Schroeder credit for having the stones to kind of do that. Um. When he ultimately did, but you know, I give I give Gramatsu some credit. Like we weren't terrible. I think by the time he was sacked, we were probably still what top five, top six. And given how this season's gone, that only means you know a couple points here and there. You know, we had had some poor results and everything, but it wasn't as if he was given um, just to kind of wrap up a squad that was you know capable of winning uh, the, the division or capable of getting promoted. And we were you know in twelfth place most of the season. Like we were we were in in the mix and kind of there or thereabouts uh, for a lot of it. And ultimately just kind of took that run at the end to get there. So I think he gets probably from us at least an appropriate amount of credit. What's your take? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, before I get to Edwin's question, counter question here, um, I think the team improved defensively for sure. Uh, you can, you can say what you will that we're going to fight the league. It was fight the league. We knew it was a super league coming in and it's going to be difficult no matter what. Um, so there were some things that we did do better, but there were, there were at times where the games were, we won, but we just eked it out. And, you know, there was a chance, there was a time just before the, uh, the Vinterpausa where we said, you know, maybe five games before the break that if we don't, if we're not in a promotion spot, um, we were six, six or seven places at the time. It was like, if we stay in that spot, he should be gone at the winter break. And they went on a run there at the end of the end of the, in the uh, first half of the season. And they finished in like, I don't know, top four or whatever, uh, at the Vinterpausa. And so he like, he, he legit yeah, so we felt like we couldn't do it at that point. Yeah. Cause it was, yeah. yeah. And then we said, like, it has to, if he has to have good results, because there's there's a stretch of five games where we played like bottom table teams, and we had to win those games, or you just got to you got to cut them ties. And we didn't do well. We didn't cut we didn't cut the cord. And finally, at the Heidenheim game, which was well into March, we finally let him go. So um, ultimately, you know, to round this question out, I think he deserves some credit for sure. But I mean, Shroud, uh, Schroeder Schroeder gets full credit for assembling this team, and then. The, Mike Buskins and Girl Samoa and, and Kreutzer and, and all those guys and the assistant coaches, they get so much credit because they got this team spirit together. And no matter what happens next season, the team, whoever the coach is coming in, has a, a well-tight team who are all behind each other. And, you know, with that, you can do a lot of great things with it. So need the right coach to come in there. Um, and then Ed, Edwin's question is that, do you guys, did you guys have fun with Shaka while he was in charge? Me? Yes, in the, in the extent that we were actually winning games and we had one game in a couple of years, it felt like. Um, but was it what we wanted to see? No. Uh, there was too many times where they weren't good enough offensively. Uh, there was no set gameplay. The 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 trend, uh, the trend uh, substitutions were poor. So was it perfect? No. But I, I was having more fun because we were winning. We were somewhat competitive. A, a bit of tactical inflexibility on Gramatsis' part, I think you would have to say as well. Um, kind of sticking to that system and shape consistently. Um, even when there were things that we were saying needed to improve and it didn't look like it, you never know what's happening behind the scenes, obviously, but in terms of what we can see on the pitch, it didn't look like things were being done to address those. Um, even within the space of the limited run that, you know, Buskins and Kreutzel and people have had, uh, I'm not saying that there's like, wow, what, what an impressive, immensely complex system that they've put in place, but we've seen several different shapes from them, even the, over the course of the eight weeks or whatever it's been. So they, they certainly, you know, saw a need to change things up, did so, and they, they continued to tweak things um, in their time in charge. And I think maybe a little bit more of that potentially would have served Grimaldi as well. 
Um, you know, and sometimes, like you said, you just need to make a change and, and hope that new manager pushes, you say, kind of gets in there and uh, you can, you have the right people that can rally the team. And I don't know. I mean, if, if it's like Buskins and, and Asamoah and club guys, like it, it's less about them and their careers and maybe like the ego and the pressure that they have to deliver for their own. And it's more just about like, can we get the club over the line? And you never know, like, you know, how Grimantz is being his own coach and trying to forge his own brand. And, um, you know, his insecurities over his job might be bleeding into making the team more nervous. I mean, there's, there's so many different factors that can go into it, but, uh, you know, uh, hindsight's 2020, it worked out. So we have to give credit for the move ultimately a move that we were not entirely sure with at the time. And, uh, you know, good call from Schroeder and, here we are. Yeah, yeah, here we are uh, for sure. And, you know, I'm glad Med Hunter's bringing up Becker because uh, yeah. Becker was a guy we were so high coming into the season. He, along with Milik Tiao, were probably two of our better players last year when we were so bad in the in the, in the Bundesliga. Uh, and then we come into this season, we thought him and Tiao were locks for the defense, and Becker never really got into the squad. And now we're seeing maybe it was because of, of uh, Gramozis. I was so happy to see Becker at the game and and celebrating with the team. I had to do a double take because I'm like, wait, is that Becker? Uh, and so, yeah, I'm happy that he was there. I'm happy, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's still in the books. I guess he technically is. I thought he went on loan, but I don't know. Um, either way, it's a guy who's probably one perplexed us the most this season is Timo Becker because he looked so good in the, in the top division. Or he looked decent in the top division, and then comes in the second division. Looked like he wasn't—he was out of play. I mean, his games were his, his game was poor, but it could have been, you know, because of wasn't getting the time in practice. I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah, and listen, if if Oweyan played on the right hand side instead of the left hand side, we might not have been talking about Becker at all. I think part of the reason we were talking about Becker is just because of the number of people that came through that right wing back or right back position over the course of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, it was re- it was great to see him involved in that. You saw some quotes within Goretzka and some other people as well, just kind of speaking about it. So always nice when you have uh, you know former players you can all uh, see the club still means a lot to and you know the community everything. It's 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 great. It's part of why we all you know love Schalke and, and support it. And to uh, to William's point here on the screen, one more goal and Torado will pass Untalar, uh with. 30 goals on the season. He's tied. Is him, it's him and Klaus Fisch. Is it Klaus Fisch? Who is it? I thought it was yeah, Klaus Fischer. Fischer. I thought yeah, it was Klaus Fischer. Fischer. Um, yeah. At 29? Yeah. Yeah, they're both tied at 29. I I knew, I knew, I, I forgot. I thought Klaus had 30, but I guess he had 29 with Hontelar. And so Toroda with uh, a chance at 30 goals, which is a fantastic season. Arguably the league MVP with his gold tally at 29 now playing Nuremberg. I imagine he's going to start trying to at least get that record there, at least for the first half, you know. Um, so yeah, that's a, it's an amazing feat for him. What a performance! I'm just so happy for him because he gets one last chance in the Bundesliga. Yeah, no, he, he, sorry, go ahead. His, his emotion though, you saw at the end of the game. Oh, I, I think that was, I think that was part. I don't want to read too much into it. Partially, obviously, the promotion accomplished, but also he does get the opportunity to go in the Bundesliga, you know, one more time with the big club like Schalke and try to make it work. Um, and I hope the next manager gives him a chance. You know, we saw that we saw when he got promoted with, uh, I guess it was uh, Cologne a few years back. Uh, didn't really work out so i hope they get this you know the manager allows him the opportunity to to try to you know be himself yeah yeah um do you have any doubts he can score in the top league i don't i mean i yeah i don't want to i don't want to underestimate the jump to the bundesliga but at some point you know if you have a guy like that in the box if you can provide service and chances he's going to finish i mean like he's just so automatic like i mean yeah. it's what we've talked about we haven't had that guy over the past couple seasons who can reliably put away chances and just when he has time and space he doesn't miss like you you just don't even expect it um and that's valuable and I, i'm glad that we renewed him for next year because you know 
say what you say what you want to say about his age. He has 29 goals this season. Um, I think by the end of the season, if he doesn't already, he's going to finish with more goals and assists than games this season. So his like, you know, uh, goals and assists per game is going to be higher than one probably um, when this campaign ends. And that's pretty remarkable for a guy of his age. He was, you know, um, unconscious, sure thing, and and proved to be that way for us again this season. Um, I did not know that uh, Kudichu was there. Uh, somebody just mentioned, uh, it was that Eric? Yeah, in the chat as well, that apparently yeah. Kudichu was in the house. But that's, yeah, I, I, I love to see that. It's great. Um, everybody, yeah. And so many uh, former players were uh, giving their well wishes uh, for uh, for us for the promotion. So chaotic season, chaotic chat going on right now. Uh, I know thanks for the thousands who uh, watch our live stream and then, uh, you know, some of the videos. So it's just been a crazy, crazy weekend. We want more game to go. It doesn't matter. We're promoted. Uh, maybe champions. We'll see. Let's see what the desire is. But uh, yeah, Brandon picking up that win on Sunday, right? Yep. against Al 3-0, so then they moved into a spot where they, uh, they're they two points behind us now, 62-60, to 60, I think, is where we're sitting yeah. at. And they're promoted, yeah, too, so. right? Are they promoted? Um, no, I don't think they are locked into promotion. Aren't there two teams on... I don't forget what the, what the tiebreakers are, but there's oh, two yeah, teams on 57, right? Yeah, both Darmstadt and Hamburg have the uh, head-to-head against them, which is crazy. So, yeah, they're, they yeah. haven't won yet. They need a point, and they win, but... And they're yeah. in, I mean, but so Brandon could finish up with a with a league title, or they could finish up not getting wow, not getting promoted at all. And that's better them again. than us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So hey, title or not, hey man, we're through. We're we're up. That's all we care about. So yeah, it'll be uh yeah, it'll be fun next week. Just a celebration of the team and everything that we've kind of been through over the last couple of seasons. So looking forward to it. Yeah, at least we get a draw on this game against uh, Nuremberg. We get to win or get the league title. So it would be a fitting ending to a crazy, crazy season. But uh yeah, we'll get more into the personnel moves and, and, and this and that next episode, that'll be our last, I think it'll be last episode. Uh, maybe we'll try to get some guests here. Maybe some from Germany, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, it's been a, a crazy season. I got nothing else left. Um, someone did ask in the chat and I forget who it was. Do we, ha- are our players or any of our players division run worthy? Are they good enough to be in the top division? I say, yes, I don't know. Oh, we on. Yeah. I'm not gonna say all, but there are, there are players who can play in top division. We'll get into it maybe next episode though. But yeah, uh, Anything else, Jack, you want to talk about before we uh, get out of here? Uh, shout out Shaka Canada real quick uh, because next week, Sunday, Nuremberg watch party uh, for Toronto, uh, Black Bear Pub, 9.30 a.m. Hey, oh. Uh, yeah, there's going to be some giveaways. Uh, so everybody up. Our friends north of the border, um, the Toronto watch party going down Black Bear Pub Sunday morning. Go out, celebrate Nuremberg game. And on a good note. Even if we lose, you know who cares. Uh, once again, it's our it's a friendly rival club. Lots to be happy about. Lots to celebrate. There's the pictures again on the screen. Get the sudsies. Uh, yeah, Schroeder. Uh, you know, in the shirt. Ida uh, Kerr. Real quick, I actually wanted to mention something as well. Ida uh, Kerr, I think, had a tweet, or maybe I saw a quote from him or something, where he was like, "I'm going to drink a lot of beer tonight, and I don't even like." Yeah, no, that was great for sure. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so that's my last shout out. Uh, and yeah, anyone in Canada, go go to the watch party in Toronto. Yeah, look at some more pictures there. Toronto there with the, with the uh, that last picture there, and and Idrizi Idrizi was so big for us this season as well. So um, yeah, crazy crazy year. Um, shout out to the chat, shout out to everybody who came tonight. Was watching us all season long. It's been great. One more game to go. Uh, at least one more podcast to come to go before the break. And so uh, yeah. Uh, did you ever give your handle already? I don't know if you said that. At JM Mangan, J M M A N G A N. There you on go. Twitter. There you Better go. you than me. 
We've seen that already. Uh, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Follow Shock America. Let us know what you want us to chat, talk, do videos about, whatever. Let us know. We're here for you guys. Uh, so, yeah, until the next podcast comes, stay sober. Just kidding. Keep drinking. Uh, do say it, though. Drink responsibly. Uh, we'll catch you soon. Blue Calf.